0: hey everyone welcome back i'm jess
1: and i'm regan and this is you pick we watch the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it learning everything we can about your recommendation today we're talking about the 1992 film home alone 2 lost in new york and i think matt ours
0: voting for what movies we watch should be revoked after (laughs) this and harry potter (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding matt
1: (laughs) (laughs) just kidding no one's no one's opinion's gonna get revoked unless you you know recommend teeth for the fifth time and in that case we'll make an exception
0: or if blade runner gets recommended (laughs) Recommend, <laughs> recommended, because then you're just banned.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. um, so, I was looking for some news, but I didn't really see anything, like, jump out other than, like, theaters are trying to take WB to court over the releasing their movies from Street to HBO Max and theaters. Whoa. I did read some of that. So...
1: Wait, so because they're doing that, theaters are taking them to court?
0: Yeah, like theaters don't want that to happen. So they're like looking into legalities like I read on some of them. And then other theaters are like, well, we're just going to make prices for those movies really cheap so you don't make any money.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's the way to go.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that would hurt the theater, too, though.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like they don't want to win as long as HBO max loses.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, I'm totally in love with HBO max. And like I told you, I just watched wonder woman yesterday to like, again, to get ready for wonder woman 84. And I'm stoked now for that. <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome.
1: Nice. Yeah. I'm also pretty in love with HBO max. Um, a bit of news that I found is that finally, on roku products we're gonna actually be able to get the hbo max app which i don't know if that's been an issue for you but i've had to use it through my xbox because um i guess roku and hbo max have been trying to come to terms with like a, a licensing deal or something either way yeah it's been like six no over six months i think
0: i did hear that and actually i i've been using hbo max on my PlayStation. Um, but I just turned my Roku on today and saw it on the bottom as an app to get, but I did see in some movie groups I follow on Facebook that some people are having issues with it. So,
1: of course, it's that whole like day one launch where you (laughs) boot it up and everything's broken.
0: Yeah, of course. So that's why I'm not getting a PS5 until next
1: Christmas. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Good. Good call on that.
0: Yeah. Um, so in honor of Kevin being lost in New York, here's our get to know you question for today. If there is one major city you'd like to be lost in on Christmas, what city would that be? Anywhere in the world?
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I, maybe I'll say, uh. Athens, because I've always wanted to go there.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> at any time of year, or
1: would you like to see it at Christmas? <laughs> at any time of year, really. I was just <laughs> picking, you know, location wise.
0: Um. Yeah, that's cool. I think I would love, I really would like to see like Dublin.
1: <sighs> that is actually my second choice. <laughs> nice.
0: That one. And because um, I've spent like, holiday time around Toronto and like Montreal like I've seen them Montreal is really pretty around this time of year but I think I would I would want to go overseas or something
1: definitely definitely so, I think the biggest the largest city I've ever been in on Christmas is just Buffalo so I'm not really <laughs> experienced in that yeah
0: I I don't really like going where there's crowds but I don't know. I feel like some places you'd want to see at Christmas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, one year after Kevin McAllister was left home alone and had to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars, he accidentally finds himself stranded in New York City, and the same criminals are not far behind. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I like, That just doesn't make me want to watch the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah as an adult it doesn't make me want to watch it but you know as a kid when i found out there was more than one home alone movie like i just want to see people get hit in the nuts with like an elaborate trap like that's all i wanted (laughs) i don't care what packaging that comes in that's true that's true um
0: i think this was the first time that i was disappointed in a sequel Mm. like growing up because in the same like time period Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, is probably one of my favorite sequels ever. And then uh, Sister Act 2 came out in 93, I think. And those were both like amazing sequels to the original movies. And to me, this one just like fell flat, I think, even back then for me. But.
1: Well, with. This isn't really a piece of trivia, but just you kind of get a sense that even though this is labeled as a sequel, it feels almost like a reboot. You know, like they're yeah. doing very, very similar concept, very similar things. It's just a different location.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's so similar that we don't even have to go over the cast again yeah. because it's all the same people with two notable exceptions uh president trump makes an (laughs) appearance (laughs) yeah and tim curry is the bright spot in this movie
1: oh and uh rob schneider is also in it oh yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) totally forgot about him yeah (laughs) he does he is he's funny though
1: yeah i mean (laughs) Tim Curry, he never disappoints, and Rob Schneider is just—you know—they're just some movies he is just delightful in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I enjoy Rob Schneider much more in his movies and his and Adam Sandler's movies than like his SNL days.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: So, it's it's good. So, like, since we don't have to go over that, we can just jump right into trivia and. You remember how like the last one won or like not one, but was nominated for Academy Awards and stuff. Mm-hmm. This one, the only award it won that matters is John Williams again. And it was for the BMI Film and TV Awards in 93 for uh, music. <laughs> and that's
1: it. I like how you <laughs> preface that. The only one that matters anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody really cares about the People's choice or kids' choice or that that stuff because
1: I don't know because it
0: maybe the people that win them do but <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I'm right there with you so yeah
0: but John Williams again
1: exactly is amazing always a bright spot so yeah what surprised me initially when I was looking up stuff about the movie is the fact that that. Talkboy handheld recorder was actually just a prop and didn't actually work. I 100% for my entire life thought that was a real thing.
0: Yeah, me too. And that like not spawned stuff from movies like coming out, but that like the movie tie-in to toys, I think really in the 80s, you used to have action figures that got turned into like movies and TV shows. But I think this was like the first one that I remember, the opposite, like something from a movie became real.
1: Yeah, because they actually did end up making a series of those because like every kid wanted one after seeing the the movie. So, yeah, it's pretty wild that it's I I hesitate to like call it a toy. But yeah, it's like a movie spawning something completely new, which is cool.
0: Yeah, and it was a prize on like every Nickelodeon show.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: I wanted to be on a Nickelodeon game show so bad. Yeah, everyone
1: did in the 90s.
0: Yeah. Wild and Crazy Kids. Like, <sighs> I could have won that. <laughs> that and Nick Arcade, man. I always
1: used to watch, was it Double Dare or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good times.
0: So, yeah, it was fun. Um, I liked this because it talks about like, how we were talking about last week about Pesci like filming Goodfellas at the same time and just being like this like gangster guy. Mm-hmm. Um, after one scene, Macaulay Culkin asked Joe Pesci why he never smiled, and Pesci told him to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, Pesci's like. He's pampered a lot by a lot of people, but not me. And I think he likes that. So he was just keeping it real with this 11-year-old.
1: I appreciate this that. This gangster. I appreciate that. But I yeah. also kind of want that to be his perspective. In- and <laughs> Culkin just being like, wow, what an ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he <laughs> likes it, though. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, something else that surprised me is, you remember when Kevin is dialing on the payphone to make a reservation at the hotel? Apparently, Mm -hmm. instead of using a fake, like, 555 number, they used the actual number for the Plaza Hotel in real life. And that was intentional, And kind of like a gamble that the business was going to pick up for the hotel, which apparently it did. And uh, they used to offer at the hotel the Home Alone experience around Christmas, where guests could pay to stay in a similar room, as Kevin did in the movie, and receive similar gifts, like... uh, taking a limo ride somewhere and like free pizza and checking out filming locations. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they still do that, but it at least they, they did that for a number of years.
0: That's like, that's really cool. But also I would have been afraid to do that just to, because of all the like jerks <laughs> that would prank call. Cause you had pay phones back then. Just like, like it looks like, so yeah, there was no like tracing anything back then.
1: That's, that's very true. <laughs> a different time.
0: It definitely was a different time. Um, so, this was also uh, directed by Chris Columbus um, and written by John Hughes. But after this one, Chris Columbus wanted something new and he was sent the script for what would be Mrs. Doubtfire. And that would come out the next year. Ah,
1: how about that?
0: <laughs> yeah. So he went from like money, 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 like just printing dollar bills.
1: Damn. Well, sometimes, you know, luck just finds you.
0: Yeah. You're around in the right time. And like you get all these projects that just make you tons of money.
1: Yeah. Kind of like, uh, was it the director of Geely? Like every other movie he made was like an excuse to print money. And then that one just killed his career. Yeah. Which it deserved yeah. to. But, I mean, before that point, <laughs> you know, it, again, he had like a series of like 10 movies they just knocked out of the park. Yeah. Um, speaking of luck, that's kind of good and bad at the same time. Um, I guess a blizzard hit right before the exterior scenes that they were doing like in the park and stuff. Uh, So they didn't have to use fake snow, but it got so cold that cameras actually froze during filming. And then the kicker is they already (laughs) spent a bunch of production money on artificial snow for central park right before the blizzard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's kind of like what happened in the first movie when they needed the snow for the outside shots uh, when they came home.
1: Mm. yeah yeah actually that is right
0: so that's funny just nature nature's like <laughs> no nope. they used to film movies at my school and I remember them making artificial snow and it was so weird you'd walk out for um, class and you'd see like half your field was full of snow and like people bundled up and everything and then there'd be green grass like right next door <laughs>
1: That's got to be pretty wild to see.
0: Yeah, it was. It was funny actually. I have another side trivia. Um, in the bodyguard or the preacher's wife, I, one of those Whitney Houston mo- movies. I can't remember mm-hmm. which one. I think it's. Were they both with Kevin Costner, uh, or was it just the I bodyguard? Think the bodyguard was. Okay, I think it's that movie. But they filmed an outdoor ice skating scene in portland maine which is where my family's from and they had to they like wanted to film there because we usually have a lot of snow and there was no snow that year (laughs) and i don't even know how they froze the pond that they skated on but yeah it was i think that's so crazy that they can like do stuff like that and make it look you know convincing you'd
1: never really know
0: right that's what we're here for to tell you stuff (laughs) you'll never know. know (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, the film actually changed the look of the inside of the Plaza Hotel um, some carpet was, was removed in the lobby so that Kevin could slide into the elevator and apparently Trump owned the hotel at the time and liked the look so much he decided to keep it so not only did this movie cause a prop object to be like the most coveted toy for a few years uh, they also managed to change the look of a hotel
0: that's pretty cool. To get Donald Trump to change his mind on anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite a feat. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, if you lost your kid in an air er- like the first one year, wouldn't you think you would be way more attentive to him the next time you went on vacation? Oh yeah, I
1: would handcuff him to my wrist.
0: And And, like, learn from last year, like, how are you going to sleep in two years in a row?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, anyway. (laughs) When you need a sequel, you get a little lax on your rules.
0: That's right. Um, The airport scenes this time were uh, exponentially more difficult to shoot because the airport obviously has to stay operational during filming. But Macaulay Culkin like was pumping out movies left and right and they needed to get extra security because of all the fans and the paparazzi, which again, a different time because there's no way they would like keep an airport actually running like the whole airport (laughs) running now. And they would not allow like fans or paparazzi anywhere near like gates and everything.
1: Oh, for sure. Um,
0: so, like all the extra security and the scenes at O'Hare um, were filmed in February, and they actually kept their Christmas decorations up so they could uh, get oh,
1: that in nice. there. That's nice. There's actually, yeah. I can't remember which scene, but just in one of the scenes where they're running through the airport, if you pause the movie and look really hard through squinty eyes, you can actually see the like yellow tape in the background where they're sectioning off the Like the actual people flying places and the crew.
0: (laughs) That's crazy. You would think that, with as many times as, like, I've flown a lot of places and I've flown to, like, LA and Las Vegas. I have never seen a celebrity in an (laughs)
1: airport. One of my friends told me that they sat near Jeff Goldblum on a flight somewhere, but that's like, The closest I've ever come to seeing a celebrity is hearing my friend tell me about his experience.
0: Uh, The closest I ever got was actually in Buffalo in high school. We were here for a hockey tournament and we were staying at a hotel and the Miami Dolphins happened to be staying in the same hotel. And the morning we were leaving was the morning of their game and... When we walked out, when you walked out of where the elevators were, everything was like roped off and there was like a red carpet and we had to walk <laughs> through that. Like anybody coming out of the elevator had to. And there were fans like lined up. It was so cool. <laughs> <I'd> imagine. <Huh. laughs> but um, yeah, they were there for the Miami Dolphins, not not for us. But um, it was kind of cool to see him coming down because we we didn't leave right away. And you'd see like these, you know, almost seven foot, 300 pound Linebackers coming down. I really thought that
1: story was going to be like I was staying at this hotel in Florida, and then all of us are in Buffalo, and then like I saw Donald Trump, and he told me where the lobby was, and it was really weird.
0: (laughs) It's almost like there's a movie with that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The uh, apparently filming in the like family's house was kept to a minimum this this time around because the owners jacked up the price to film inside their house based on the first movie's success. (laughs) So I don't know if that seemed like kind of, I mean, it was frantic already, but it felt kind of like they were really rushing people through that house. And that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. And why wouldn't you do that? You know, if that's the biggest movie for like 12 weeks in a row, you know, why not ask for a little more money?
0: Right. They're like, my house just made you this much money and it's going to be a meme for the rest of eternity. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, <laughs> where's my money? <laughs> um, what did you think, a side note from all this trivia, but what did you think of like all the extra like plots, I guess, in this movie? Do you feel like it was all over the place trying not to be like a reboot? Yeah, I I
1: would say uh, there were probably scenes and like subplots that if they were cut, I probably wouldn't even notice, you know. Like, I mean, the stuff with the bird lady that comes back around at the end where she like saves him essentially. Spoiler, but um, also, do you know that she's (laughs) an Oscar, she's an Irish Oscar winning actress? I did not know
0: that. It's a what is her name?
1: Of course, I closed the window. <laughs> that would answer that question.
0: It's Br- Brenda yes. Fricker's.
1: So she was, yeah. or she won an Oscar for I think a support supporting role in My Left Foot with Daniel Day Lewis.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I've heard of that movie. Me too.
1: Never seen it. No, he also won an Oscar for it. But <laughs> it's just in, in the background of my, ah, I'll watch that someday kind of movie.
0: Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis only puts out a movie like every, like, what is it, like four or five years and wins an Oscar every yeah. single
1: time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe he needs all that time to prep. <laughs>
0: He is a very method actor, yeah. I hear.
1: And uh, I don't know, whatever he does, even though he's like retired from acting now. Like whenever he announced that he was doing a movie, I was like, "Oh, this is potentially going to win at least one Oscar."
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know how in the first one they he was watching angels with <laughs> filthy <Yes>. souls. <laughs> He watched a sequel within a sequel. Angels with even filthier souls. I love that.
1: Those <laughs> parts of the movie are some of my favorites.
0: Um, did you notice that it seemed more authentic? Because Chris Columbus actually studied 1930s and 40s film noir to make yeah,
1: it so? I'd say there was, there was a lot right about those. Um, I... I think they, they really nailed the dialogue and those, just had a, a real fun noir feel to it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor, the actor in it, who's shooting the Tommy gun. That, that little uh, short for this movie was like the last thing he ever filmed before dying, I believe. oh that's sad that
0: That took a turn (laughs) yeah
1: i i was like trying to remember exactly why that was like sticking out of my head and then it just ended really morbidly yeah so sorry about that
0: (laughs) um so this is something i found crazy and i always like when this stuff happens kevin's room service bill First of all, can we can we take a second and appreciate the 1990s old school credit card thing at the hotel where you actually have to make a copy oh, of the credit card? Exactly.
1: Uh, the first time I saw that ever, <laughs> ever in media it was actually in the movie Payback. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. Um, his room service bill indicated that he spent $967 on the following. Two chocolate cakes, six chocolate mousses uh, with chocolate vanilla and strawberry ice cream topped with, like, a bunch of shit. Six custard flans, a pastry cart, eight strawberry tarts, and 36 chocolate-covered strawberries. That seems outrageously... expensive (laughs)
1: no you're absolutely right that seems ridiculously expensive just for that but it is the plaza hotel in new york so i don't know i'm sure
0: it's true it's true uh i spent when we went on our honeymoon to new york we spent we went to a little italian restaurant that was like above our hotel in times square and we got two meatballs just just meatballs, <laughs> just two giant meatballs, two glasses of wine and like five ounces of wine, not more, not less, and two and a piece of cheesecake, and it was like seventy dollars.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. You, if you buy food at a hotel and <laughs> you don't get like no, no, I'm trying to think of like any category of food at a hotel that wouldn't cost a million dollars and no it's it's all expensive.
0: Yeah. And now they got those mini fridges where if you move something, like even if you just move it, you mm-hmm. get charged for it. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to Las Vegas, but don't touch the mini fridge when you're
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will uh, keep that in the back of my brain there for when I eventually get there. <laughs> Um, I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about Brenda Fricker, but she actually presented Joe Pesci with his best actor in a supporting role Oscar for Goodfellas. Nice. Where are the odds?
0: That's awesome. Um, That pigeon attack sequence was all real, which I think is awesome because I don't think I would have liked to see CGI <laughs> Ooh, not, back no then. No one would. Um, <laughs> and uh, according to Pesci, the crew covered him and Daniel Stern with real birdseed and 300 uh, pigeons.
1: Yeah, Stern's actually said that uh, <laughs> at least a part of a pigeon went in his open mouth while he was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, glad he didn't get bird flu or anything. <laughs> Apparently, birds are pretty right. nasty creatures, hygiene-wise. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's gross. Yep. But yeah, again, what we always say is practical effects, always best.
0: Yep. I would have loved to actually be like, I think we, I mentioned this maybe offline to you, but like prop uh, people, like the prop supervisors and how they make, rubberized or like styrofoam things that look super realistic oh. I think I, I like I would have loved to like this isn't seems like the perfect movie to have been a prop master oh yes
1: yeah. yeah definitely make a lead pipe that's not going to crush someone's skull that you can swing from two ropes yeah
0: yeah, yeah. or bricks <laughs> yeah, or you know?
1: bricks yo stern got hit in the <laughs> head with like four bricks and those are the takes we saw like can you imagine being just beamed with rubber bricks repeatedly
0: <laughs> right I'm sure you still get like hurt and stuff yeah. but yeah that was crazy
1: <laughs> look like you're in more pain we're, we're rolling again
0: yeah keep rolling keep rolling
1: <sighs> um what, one thing I found that was pretty cool is all the children that appeared in the toy the toy store scene were actually allowed to take their favorite toy home as part of their salary, and even though it didn't work, Macaulay Culkin was allowed to keep that Talkboy prop.
0: Man, you know how much that's probably worth? Like, <laughs> like I, I wonder I, if he still I has it. I feel like it. he
1: does. Like, that's it. It'd be worth so much money now, anyway. Like, I, I kind of want to know the value of that now.
0: I would like him to auction it for charity. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, if you're listening. You
1: if do. for no other reason than we just want to know uh-huh. what that would be valued at.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, in Okay, so Kevin goes around New York City and, and visits various places. Um, And one of his visits is the World Trade Center, but that was removed from television broadcasts after 2001 out of respect for the victims of the 9-11 attacks. But as of Christmas 2018, they restored it back into the televised Hmm. versions. I guess they felt enough time had passed. I guess so.
1: And even with all that time that passed, like when uh, my wife and I saw that scene, we're both like, oh, hey, Aw. You know, like oh yeah, those Uh bummer.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I say that, like every time, every time I see a movie pre two thousand one that's set in New York, and I see them, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah.
1: Remember I don't that, think day? that feeling's ever gonna go away. No. Nope. Um. On a lighter note, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin was paid four and a half million to star in this movie, and that was at the time the biggest salary ever given to an 11-year-old uh, child actor. Huh.
0: Well, I guess he deserved it. The first yeah. one didn't make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, and first one had such a, um, well, comparatively mm-hmm. smaller budget, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think so. Oh, my dog just opened my door. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that noise was. He's just looking. Um, during production, John Hughes wrote the script for Home Alone 3, which we all know came out and I will never watch. Um, but originally it was supposed to be for Macaulay Culkin, who would return as a teenager. And honestly, what's a teenager going <laughs> to do when they're home alone? I answer that. <laughs> exactly. So I'm glad that never happened. But um, when he found out that Macaulay Culkin quit acting in 1994, which obviously he's he came back and did a few movies, but um, Hughes ended up rewriting the movie from scratch. Hmm.
1: Well, that makes sense. Um, actually, speaking of that exact same thing, um, so a 12-year-old that was so enthralled by Home Alone back in the day, um, named Greg Sestero of uh the room fame my favorite so bad it's good movie Uh, he actually wrote a script uh, for a sequel titled home alone 2 lost in disney world and apparently elements of that initial script that was sent into the actual company were used for a later sequel like i think home alone 4 or something i kind of stopped paying attention after three but um he got a letter back from John Hughes saying believe in yourself have patience and always follow your heart and he was so inspired by that letter he pursued acting and writing professionally which he's been in some stuff now which I think is kind of cool
0: yeah that's awesome because now you can't send solicited scripts to movie studios because of lawsuits Ooh, and okay. stuff so you believe me i have been trying to sell mine for a very long time and you actually have to get like go through agents now to even get remotely close which is like because people are stupid like back in the day like the 40s 30s and 40s you used to be able to go hang outside of the studios in hollywood and they would come out and look for like extras, and they would just pick you out of the crowd standing there. And and you could just solicit all your scripts to people. And now you can't do anything unless Jeez. you have money.
1: I mean that sounds about right. So
0: yeah. Because people just can't have nice things. Yep. They have to ruin it. <laughs>
1: um So the director actually has a cameo in this movie. If you recall the first like opening scene in that toy store, there's like a dude holding a little girl pointing at some toys and it stays on him for just long enough for your brain to be like, wait, is that supposed to be someone? Uh, that is the director, Chris Columbus and his actual daughter. I believe his wife was the, uh, I think it was his wife. Um, either way, her mother uh, was also in the film as the nine one one dispatcher or operator, red haired lady.
0: Yeah, I think it, I know his. Yeah, yeah, his wife was in it too. I like that. Same. I like when people do that. Um, this is the one that kind of reminds me of grand budapest (laughs) i know exactly what you're gonna say
1: and i already love it.
0: Um, (laughs) the key symbols on tim curry's concierge character mr hector are from an organization known as le clefs door usa it's the only national association of professional hotel concierge and is extremely hard to (laughs) obtain membership to Earning the gold keys is a privilege given only to the true concierge professional, one who is dedicated to delivering the highest level of service to their guests in their hotels, in addition to other requirements which can be found on their website. And I feel like Grand Budapest Hotel <laughs> no, missed well, that.
1: I, they had something <laughs> like that. I, that was the like, that was like the five minute yeah. phone call going from every famous cameo in the movie to like Bill Murray.
0: That's true. That's true, but yeah, that reminded me of that movie. I'm so.
1: here. Um, <laughs> this one I just thought was really fun is uh, according to Daniel Stern, his first take for the scene where Marv gets electrocuted using the sink uh, made the director Chris Columbus laugh so hysterically he couldn't yell cut. He just collapsed on the floor after the scene had been going. He just collapsed laughing couldn't get a grip because he just loved that so much i I feel like that's a little overkill (laughs) i do but i was like you know what good good for him (laughs) having fun making a movie um
0: this one also has a lot of trivia much like the first one so we won't go through all of them but i think we hit some of the high ones do you have an um any other ones you wanna talk about before I go into oh, like the budget the in the box office? All right. Um, so the budget for this one was twenty eight million dollars, which I assume has to do with a lot of the like the airport, the fake snow, and the hotel and just being in New York. Um, opening weekend, not a problem. Made all the money back, thirty one million dollars. Ended up making 173 in the U.S. and almost 360 worldwide. And then in 92, when it came out. So leading into that, we have the number one movies were. In October, Under Siege, which isn't that a. uh, (laughs) Steven Seagal. That's all you had to say. Who's
1: that guy with the ponytail?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's a steven seagal movie right and uh yeah four weeks at number one yeah and then uh november 8th was passenger 57 with wesley snipes and then dracula uh in nine uh november 15th and then you had the two week or three weeks of Home Alone 2. And then um, A Few Good Men came wow. out in December. Those are some
1: pretty big so. movies, too.
0: Yeah, very good. I mean, the 90s were excellent years for movies. They really were. I think we say <laughs> that every time we have a movie from the 90s. Like, how much good stuff yeah. came out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: um, do you want to go on do you (laughs) want to start Thumbs or do you want me to (laughs) I'll I'll start
1: I'll say that um, I do enjoy this movie I don't like it anywhere anywhere near as much as I do the first Um, as far as sequels go I don't think it's a really good sequel it's just kind of like it it feels like tangential to the first one like usually sequels are directly related to the previous movie but this feels like the only relation to the first one is you know there's basically the same cast and it's just like a different story based on the same premise which you know it, it's not awful but i do think that if you don't have any like nostalgic feelings for this movie like if you loved it as a kid watching it now is probably where you're gonna get most of that um most of the good feelings from it. At least that's what happened with me. Like a lot of it is like just little kid, like wish fulfillment. And, uh, it doesn't really get to the stuff I like until well over an hour into the movie. So I would say very tentatively, like one thumb up. Cause like, it's, it's good, but it's not anywhere near as fun as the first.
0: Uh, you pretty much <laughs> copied think it me. First? Cause, uh, <laughs> the, that's uh, pretty much exactly my thoughts as well. Um, I, it, I think this one tried to pull at your heart a little more with like the toy story, the <laughs> toy store story and that old man and then the old pigeon lady. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a rehash of the first one. Uh, but the only bright spot in this for me was Tim Curry mm-hmm. and Rob Schneider. And like their scenes like towards the beginning. Um, There are some fun, like nostalgic things that you can see throughout the movie. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. If you like this wasn't high on my list to watch as a kid. So it doesn't really hit the same as the first one. And I think the first one is so iconic that this almost feels pandering a little bit um i did try to play the sega genesis game today as well the home alone 2 lost in new york and i couldn't get it out of the first (laughs) level so (laughs) um if you there are at least 10 other better christmas movies i think that you can watch instead of this so yeah i'm gonna have to go i have to go that's fair down
1: i think that's a pretty fair assessment
0: Um, so looking at our schedule next week is Christmas, so we might delay the recording until maybe the 26th, that Saturday, possibly, because I don't know the 20. I work all week and Thursday's Christmas Eve and and Friday's Christmas. So we. Yeah, yeah, so. If we don't get it up next week, we will get National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation up at some point before the end Absolutely. of December. <laughs> um, and then we're going to have our... Are you starting to look for your top five best and worst? <laughs> nope, because I'm the list? type of
1: guy that waits till the last minute.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to send you a copy of <laughs> what you've said. so you can at least look at that (laughs) because like I could just picture one of us going oh I really like that movie when we gave it like it'll be like in our top best but we really gave it like two thumbs (laughs) down I would
1: be very surprised if you're like yeah I love Blade Runner 2049 that was dope (laughs) so
0: uh, that will be our new year episode and then in probably after towards the end of next week we'll put the polls up for our episode with Matt B for the Ben Affleck movie. So that'll be fun as well. And I think that's all the updates. We didn't have any emails. Um, Make sure you keep those coming in because we have a new year coming up. Uh, There's going to be some new surprises and plans. And, you know, we love watching movies. So exactly just send us movies, movies you watch. like
1: movies you just want our take on the sky's the limit
0: yeah pretty I much mean, we but watch also anything. on that
1: same note <laughs> be nice <laughs>
0: yeah we don't want too exactly. many teeth movies on here <laughs> uh all right that is it from well, us for go in ahead in, and take us Next out Regan
1: we're gonna discuss uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Um, Remember, you can help select the next movie we watch by emailing the podcast at upickwewatch at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at upickwewatch. Um, Message us through there if you want a movie added to the list. Uh, We'll also have, uh, like Jess said, some special information and polls and stuff like that on there. If you like what you hear, uh, feel free to give us a quick five-star review. It really does help. And also, thank you again to everyone who has already done that. I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at author Regan Brooks.
0: And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at radmadmal. And uh, yeah, this has been awesome, and it's been a great Christmas, our first Christmas year, and uh, we'll exactly. keep it going. going so into the new uh, year set soon. all
1: the traps before you know Christmas Eve, and catch Santa when it comes
0: down. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys, we will see you next week for National Lampoon and uh, email us in your thoughts on it. I'd like to know.
1: Take it easy. (laughs)